Hello, welcome back to Radio Physics, a collaboration with the Aspen Center for Physics, KDNK Community Access Radio in Carbondale, and advanced physics students from Roaring Fork Valley Schools. I'm Patty Fox, and today I'm capturing a Zoom meeting from Aspen High School, where a new and exciting club has formed, Girls in STEM. I'm going to let each of the physicists with whom the girls will be talking uh, introduce themselves one at a time, and then the girls will begin to ask questions of them shortly. We'll begin, Yuna. Kim, would you like to begin? Sure. Um, I'm Yuna Kim at Cornell University. I am a professor of physics. Um, I was born and raised in Korea until uh, through a college and master's degree came to US for my PhD uh, at University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Um, did my postdoc at Stanford and then um, went to Cornell. I started at Cornell at, uh, in 2008. I've been at Cornell since then. Um, I work on quantum uh, collective phenomena of uh, quantum materials and systems, and I'm a theorist. Great, thank you so much. Um, Priscilla. Hi everyone, my name is Priscilla Rosa and I'm a staff scientist at Los Alamos National Lab. I was born and raised in Brazil and when I was in high school, I, I really uh, found a passion for physics. Uh, from then on, I, I did my um, undergrad studies and my PhD studies in Brazil. And after that, I moved to the US, uh, first at the University of California in Irvine, and then uh, at Los Alamos. And what I do for a living is actually to synthesize new materials that can uh, be applied to society, all the way from quantum materials, as Una was, was mentioning, that can be superconducting, magnetic, and have uh, many, many interesting emergent phenomena. So I'm excited to talk to you all about, about these materials. What a great introduction. And it's interesting, one Korea, Brazil, and now Menghing. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Meng Xin. I'm a postdoc at uh, UC Santa Barbara. And uh, uh, I'm uh, from, I grew up, I, I was born and grew up from China. And uh, uh, so when I was a kid, I loved science. And uh, I was thinking if I could be a scientist. And uh, since my high school, I decided to study physics. Uh, and uh, at that time, I was very passionate about understanding the universe, which seems to be infinite. Uh, and uh, when thinking about that, I feel a little bit, uh, I feel myself to be very small. And, uh, uh, but uh, since uh, when I came to the US for my graduate study, I decided to do condensed matter theory, uh, which is a uh, 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 which is to study the theory of many electrons uh, that interact and study their quantum phenomena. And it seems like a little universe for each system you are looking at. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Great. This is gonna be a very interesting conversation with all three of you coming from really different points of view from different points on the 
face of the earth, <laughs> which makes it really great. Okay. My name is Claire Anderson. I am an 11th grader at Aspen High School, and I take a very big interest right now in math, sciences, and physics. And so that's what is making me here in this club. And I'm taking, um, I guess, a step now, hopefully, to help me in the future, too. So. Um, I'm Natalie Wester, and I'm also a junior at, high, uh, a junior at Aspen High School, um, and I'm also very curious um, in all fields of STEM. Um, so, I guess, do you want to yes. Um, so, just a few of you have touched on this when you introduced yourself, um, but I just wanted to ask, um, could you speak a little bit um, to how your interest in physics has evolved throughout your life? So, when did you first become curious, and have there been any defining moments, I guess, in your lifetime where you discovered, oh, this is what I want to do with my life. Can I start? Yes. Yeah, okay. So um, I've been always really interested in science. And um, there were moments that gave me like, you know, great joy understanding something. Um, yesterday, I was, uh, I made a video dem demonstrating uh, one of those experiments that um, you know, gave me sort of a, made me really curious. So I think there are parts that, parts of my life experience from childhood that um, made me really curious. For instance, I think this was like second grade. Um, I put a bottle of water in the freezer. It was really full. And then it bulged out when it was frozen. And I was like, what's going on, right? And I asked why this is happening to my dad, who is an engineer. And he said, well, that's because there are, the water molecules have, have bent shape and there is hydrogen bond. And at that point I said, you know, if you know what you're doing, you should be able to explain in a way that I can understand without using jargons. Um, another experience I had was um, uh, like in, in a pot, when you have a puddle of water because of rain, we have rainy seasons in Korea, there'll be floating films of oil and you see the rainbow color. Later um, in middle school, high school, I went to girls high school, middle school. We all had to have, we had strict rules for short hair and Korean girls have straight hair. So in, in, uh, if, you, if the sun is uh, shining on the angle on, on the hair, you can sort of see rainbow. And that's the same kind of rainbow as the rainbow in the film. Um, and these are things that just really fascinated me, right? But what gave me, uh, what made me feel special about physics was when I started to know the, the meaning of the, you know, the discipline that's different from chemistry and biology was in high school, because that's when we named it. Um, when I learned about inter interference phenomena of light, that's when I came to understand that the rainbow on the soap, uh, on the oil film, and the rainbow uh, that's made on the hair, uh, can be understood with the same principle. These are very different things that can be understood with the same principle with few lines of math. And that was very empowering feeling. Another example was um, motor versus generator. That I think we learned about maybe fifth, sixth grade, that generator is inverse of motor. And um, I can hold a little motor in my hand, but the inverse process of motor is the big generator that generates power for all of us. This kind of, this way of thinking is very unique to physics. And that when I realized that's just very physics way of thinking, 
is when I decided that this is something that really captures my curiosity, imagination, and um, just it's so beautiful and powerful, both beautiful and powerful. That's what made me decide to do physics. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, um, does anyone else have a response for that one? Sure, I would love to, to go next. Um, so when I was in high school, actually, I thought I, I was going to be a lawyer, but not because uh, it was my dream. Um, and, and you may have a similar aspect in your life, right? Our parents always have uh, something that they would like us to pursue. Um, so that, that was what my parents wanted me to, to pursue. And when I was in high school, I, I, I really found out that um, I wanted to understand how things worked. And one example was when we were talking about even uh, gravitational uh, forces, right? How, how is it that the moon is just going around our planet? And it, it's, it's a very simple thing actually, because you know the force goes with the inverse of the distance square. So, and we have an, uh, the, the, the moon has a velocity that uh, allows it to, to go around and around. And when I saw that equation really explaining the gravitational force between two huge, uh, um, uh, one planet and, and the moon, I, I just love that. And that was just one example when, you know, you can write down an equation that explains how planets work, right? Of course, things are more complicated. And the next step was when I found out what quantum mechanics is. And we had a very, very uh, interesting uh, physics lecture actually yesterday at the Opera House, right? Quantum mechanics is behind our stability. Why don't we collapse into a blob? It's because of quantum mechanics and uh, really understanding how um, everything works around us is very empowering. And, and it, it brings to me a passion that uh, keeps me going and it makes my job not feel like a job. And if I, you know, if I had one piece of advice to you it would be to find your passion you know, it could be physics, it could be mathematics, it could be chemistry, or it could be biology, right? Maybe uh, you want to understand how plants work a little, a little better. So um, find your passion, find what you're interested in. And again, this could be all around you, right? It, 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 we have certain moments, that eureka moment, right? Um, but it's, it's whatever makes you um, happy about uh, your future. Yes, thank you so much. Can um, I just add one, one thing? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, like a high school and uh, um, earlier stage at my, my college, I have been wondering if I want to uh, study technology or uh, versus science. And I think both of them, they will, they will learn physics uh, and I'm not sure uh, if, um, like, uh, whether I really like to learn more about physics or I want to uh, develop myself further to discover the physics laws. And uh, it, yeah, I, I think it, it takes time for me to keep figure out this question. And uh, I guess one uh, important reason is that, um, so I want to understand why, especially I want to understand how quantum mechanics work. Um, yeah, so uh, that, that, yeah, that's one thing I would like to add.
Absolutely. Um, another quick question is, what challenges presented being a woman in your field? Because, in, and maybe this is more in your past or perhaps even now in the workplace, what you see, um, just being a woman in your field and how that affected your journey becoming a physicist and if it, you know, made any dents or road bumps along the way? Um, maybe I'll go first. So first of all, I may not have been able to go into physics because my parents, like Priscilla's parents, uh, were not recommending physics. But my parents were not asking me to be a lawyer. They said, do anything but physics. And that was, <laughs> that was because the, of the, uh, the perception they had that physics is a particularly um, gender imbalanced subject area. Therefore, it will be difficult. Like, you know, based on what I said to my dad, you could have guessed that I'm a strong-minded person with strong opinions. And, um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm tough. I can handle it. Um, don't get in my way. Um, so I went, to, uh, I, I went to be a physics major. Um, but I think they were right in a way. They were right to be concerned because it is difficult. Um, it was difficult in college and it is still difficult. So in college, I had, uh, we had 60 cohort out of 60, there were three girls and 57 boys. And we were in gender separated education up to that point. So we didn't know how to talk to each other. I didn't know how boys talk. That was a big thing that I had to learn. And I only started understanding about five years ago. They exaggerate they blow things up and I didn't understand that. I just took it all literally. And um, I felt small. They didn't intend to make me feel small but it was very easy for me to feel small. And then I would have somebody uh, who I thought to be a friend telling me that, well, you're doing only so well because my grades were good. And he said, I'm doing well only because I'm working hard as if if I was a genius, I should be able to do well without working hard. Therefore, working hard is something that I should be ashamed of. Totally wrong. But those kind of remarks hurt you. It can discourage you. And I didn't know whether I will make it. I didn't know whether I have in it in me that I will make. Today, even today in conferences, I'm here for a conference. In conferences, I interact with my male colleagues and um, I have to all, I always go out with, I suit myself up mentally. I tell myself how, how I'm gonna translate my, what my colleagues say, being, being consciously aware that there will be blowing things up, there will be exaggeration, there will be aggression, there will be one-upping, being alpha male. And, but I've learned how to translate it. And I've learned how to be strong for myself in the ways that that's natural for me. So, um, so long story short, I think um, there are definitely challenges. I don't want to say it is not challenging, but it is definitely um, surmountable or rather I think um, the more women are in the field, it will become just so much easier. One is very, very different from two and from three. So, by the time there's three of us, it's just so different. And I'm in a joint grant with um, three other women and two men. And so it's the first time I'm, I'm in sort of a women dominating uh, um, composition. 
And it's so different the way we discuss. When men became minority, <laughs> the way we discuss became very different. So, uh, but, but what I think is really important is to follow your passion, like Priscilla said. Uh, and figuring out strategically how you overcome the obstacles. Yeah. How how do you what what do you feel is the best way that you've learned to combat those challenges? Um, being so um, one of the so first of all, understanding the difference in language and culture helps. Um, so when my male colleagues, they don't have the ill intention to hurt me, usually. Sometimes they do, but usually they don't. They, they usually mean well, they're all usually civilized and correct people. Um, so when someone says, oh, this is obvious, I translate that to mean, well, that's just what you think right at this moment. And that's just an example. So I, I kind of process it. Another thing that really, really helped me, which I only started to figure out maybe about five years ago, is to recognize strength in myself. We are all very strong. Um, we may be strong in a different way than my male colleagues are. Once I was at KITP, where Mingqing is a postdoc right now, and I was organizing a program, and I was telling a whole group of people that I'm going for lunch with, there were like 15 of them, and I am one other uh, colleague were women. And I said, you know, none of you guys can handle labor. I gave birth to two children and my husband nearly fainted, but I did it twice, meaning I did it once and I did it again. And I know what it takes to do that. And no man can do that. So I tell them, you know, you, you cannot handle that. You might be able to punch me stronger, but there is different kind of strength. And the reason why I bring that up is because, so some of my male colleagues might be very full of themselves when they go up to talk in the podium they are very sure they're the absolute smartest person in the room and they might speak that way. I cannot do that because I never think that way. That's not natural to me. But what is natural to me is I project, I think of my project, project and my ideas and I think of my idea as my baby. I think about my students and my postdocs that I want to promote, that I want to nurture and mentor. They're like my children. And all mothers are strong. They can fight Terminator if they are going to protect their baby. So I fight for my idea. I fight for my idea to have a stand, a chance to grow because ideas like babies are, are helpless on their own. They need to be nurtured. They need to be supported. And so I do that. And when I do that, my male colleagues look at me and think that I'm very confident, that I'm tough and strong. So I am tough and strong in a way, and perhaps I appear confident, but you can do all of that while very much being authentically yourself. So the mistake I made in college was trying to be like men. I tried to conform myself to what seemed to be the male culture. That didn't work. I tried to drink as much as they do, just miserable failure not good at it okay there are a lot of things that i'm not good at one thing definitely i'm not good at is being being like exactly male just that's not who i am but i've learned that i can tell the world that i can be me and i can contribute in a unique and um authentic and uh and uh important ways so i think that's 
that that's a way in which we can all make progress. Like we have to be ourselves. We can put our passion in. We just have to figure out how to be strong in a way that is authentically us. I have never heard that point of view. And I yeah. find it fascinating that this idea of nurturing an idea as you yeah. nurture a child gives women an unusual strength. Absolutely. Strength we are so much at, at, an advantage. We don't recognize we have that advantage. You don't have to be a mother yet, but you understand sort of intrinsically you understand what, what mother, mothering means. We have in us that desire to nurture. Like, you know, you have a desire to nurture and uh, help someone. So I think of the, whenever I go up to talk, whenever I start preparing for a trip, I think of, I, I line up all my kids, all my ideas, and I think about like, okay, you, what kind of nurturing do you need? And I go out and try to talk to people, trying to nurture my ideas, letting people know here is my kid. And this kid is really good at this. And you got to take a look at this kid. That's how I think about my ideas. That's probably not what someone else thinks about it. But whatever works is what, what, what works. But it gives us advantage. That gave me um, a very different perspective. Having this view made me... Um, you know, I was told once that when I was suffering from lack of uh, confidence, I obviously, I, I had like confidence issues. Um, and my mentor, Steve Kivelson, who was a lecturer last night, a postdoctoral mentor, he told me, Una, you got to wear your confidence. And I didn't have guts to say this back to him. But I was thinking to myself, I don't have confidence in my closet. So how do I wear it if I don't know where it is? Uh, but I figured out a different way to appear confident. Thank you so much. And I've, I've never heard that point of view, but it's inspiring and profound. Yes, and thank yeah. you so much. Um, and I apologize for having to cut this short in any way. Um, we have a class to get to, but I just want to extend my gratitude. Yeah. Thank you so much um, you. for your time and for answering the questions that we have. Um, just thank you. Yeah, thank you so us. much. So can I add just one last thing? Yes, absolutely. Feel free to contact us. Yes. Okay. If you have questions, um, if you find the situation challenging, whatever, feel free to reach out. Thank you so much. I, that's much appreciated. Yeah. Both of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you all. Very nice meeting you. Yeah, it was nice a great meeting. meeting you. Thank you so much. Find your passion and be confident. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Trust you. yourself. <laughs> Thank Will you guys do. so Thank much. You so Have much. a wonderful day. We right. have come to the end of our time. Unfortunately, I'd love to go on, but thank you. Thank you again for your time today. And I um, hope we can continue these conversations. Uh, tune in again to Radio Physics on the fourth Tuesday of every month at 4.30. And for more information about the Aspen Center for Physics, visit our website or give me a call, Patty Fox. And thank you to KDNK Community Access Radio for the Roaring Fork Valley and beyond for hosting this program.